0: hello podcast listeners welcome to the very first episode of the carolina fight corner podcast it's a podcast run by me donna and my co-host chris say hey hey how y'all doing and we're going to take you down memory lane to learn about the roots of our fight community and talk to some coaches and trainers and fighters Uh, we'll be talking to coaches who probably coach your coach maybe even talk to your coach and your training partners as well We're excited to take you along for this ride, but first we want you to learn a little bit about us and why we're doing it. Let me set the scene for you.
1: You ever been working out at your gym, just like you normally do? Somebody walks through the door. All of a sudden, your instructor starts acting a little funny. You ever wonder who that person might be? Well, maybe it's our job to help you figure that out. That's just one of the reasons we created this podcast. Listen in and see what you think.
0: So how did we get here?
1: You know, it's funny you ask that question. Um, I remember a couple of years ago being at a fight. Uh, that's where I got a chance to m- see you for the first time. That's right. After I saw your coach in the ring, I realized that we had some of the same coaches come kind of come from the same tree and martial arts, so to speak.
0: And then a few years later, uh, we ended up working the same Lightning Strikes fight. Uh, it was a really long night. I remember that. Um, I had to walk up and down the stairs a lot because I was walking the fighters out, but we were on the staff, and that's actually where we started kind of uh, helping each other get through a very long night of fights uh, by entertaining each other, and we became friends, and since then we've trained together, we've done sparring events together, fights, and then we've also, uh, when I started coaching at Apex Martial Arts, we were co-coaches. And it was easy to see that our fight styles were similar in certain ways, which we were able to trace our fight routes back to the same coaches.
1: That's right, and I remember one of our coaches was having a comment online about uh, other fighters, other uh, different decades, different years. And uh, at that time, I, I noticed that um, we had some similarities and interests in, in podcasting and things like that. And the question was brought up, hey, do you know anything about podcasting?
0: Surprisingly enough, I do. And, <laughs> and so that was the beginning, but that's not where it started because we talked about it. We talked about it a bunch, and then we couldn't get it off the ground. Um, we're busy people. He's coaching. I'm coaching. We're busy working, life, things like that. And so about a year later, was it? About a year later, so. we, we finally said, all right, we're doing this. And um, the rest is the beginning of our history. I like it yes <laughs> but as far as where we come from uh, obviously I'm not from around here
1: sounds like it a little maybe I,
0: don't... I have a slight accent okay All right. but I say y'all which means that I'm at least a little bit assimilated to being southern mm, okay uh, not nearly as southern as you are Well, okay
1: actually I'm probably the most Carolina person that you know or you'll ever meet Carolina blue carolina through and through my um parents my parents parents my parents 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 thanks to ancestry.com i can find <laughs> they're out they're not sponsoring well, us all right that you uh my folks have been here since the 1700s in north carolina we're here either charlotte i've got one side that's from the, the mountains and then the other side's from the beach See all over like everywhere but we can't get out of the state for some reason we've got we've got mountains we've got beach what else do you need
0: There's no reason to leave that's right that's why yankees like me (laughs) come down south because y'all got it going on here. yeah we do we do yeah and i moved here back in 2007 for work and uh been here ever since started training maybe seven years ago Uh, i just wanted something else to do i played roller derby for about five years Uh, i enjoy hitting things Mm, mostly mostly people okay um just on wheels and now not on wheels so when I quit playing roller derby, I wanted to still stay in shape. I tried to go to a regular gym and do leg day, back day, arm day, and I got bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up going into what is still my home gym, different name, uh, was Forge Fitness at the time. And I saw people punching and kicking things and I was like, I wanna do that. Nice. And that was uh, the beginning of the end. My, my coaches could not get rid of me. <laughs> I showed up every day as the very petite southpaw that had no idea what I was doing and um, yeah they I was like a bad penny I kept showing up
1: nice I started uh, training in 1999 kind of seriously
0: oh you're dating yourself oh
1: my gosh maybe we can edit that <laughs> uh, before then you know I did the normal tried a few classes here and there kind of thing but in that time period I got on And the Yellow Pages, which is a big book that has phone numbers and things like that
0: in it. You can Google that if you don't know what a (laughs) phone book is.
1: And I looked for a gym in the area that taught mixed martial arts. Because just like everybody else back then, I was heavy into watching UFC and and all of that. And I called the gym up and I said, yes, sir, do you guys teach mixed martial arts? And he said, yes, we teach a mix of martial arts. (laughs) So, I went down there and spent a couple of years there learning Aikido and karate and judo and a mix of martial arts until I met my current coach and longtime best friend, Robbie Adams. Uh, he showed me some different things that I could do. And after training with him the first time, I realized that I should have been training with him the whole time. But um, I've enjoyed working with him and He's the kind of guy, as you'll hear in later podcasts, uh, that likes to do things and try things without really preparing 100%. Just go, just do it. I think I've been training with him for maybe a month, and he said, hey, there's this big uh, jiu-jitsu tournament in uh, Wake Forest that I think uh, you need to go do. And I said, yes, and he took me there, and that was the first time I ever competed in martial arts. and. I've been hooked since then. I don't compete like I used to, but um, I enjoy it, and it's been a blast. And I've learned a lot and met a lot of really cool people along the way.
0: How many competitions have you done? Is it just jujitsu that you've competed in, or
1: I've done jujitsu. I've done uh, knockdown karate, which is bare knuckle karate. Uh, judo competed in judo. Um, did ancient um, karate one time. Um, grapple strike, um, which was really cool because it's kind of a mix of BJJ and um, bare knuckle sparring in the same spot. Um, I used to compete as a power lifter. Uh, at one point I, I, I competed um, one a few things and, and really enjoyed that because that was kind of natural uh, for me and then that kind of got me in the strength and conditioning world a little bit and I was able to work at several different gyms along the way and Kind of mixing the two uh, the conditioning part of the the drills and stuff that we do from all the karate and kickboxing and uh, all those other styles mixed in with some circuit training and, and different things that I've learned along the way um, I think makes for a good mix as well
0: yeah for sure I actually I mean I haven't competed in several years I've had a few fights um, which being a short petite left-handed female, it's hard to come by competitors. Oh, training partners too, right? Right. Uh, that's actually why I created the inner club sparring events that I move around the state. Uh, I selfishly needed more training partners so I figured if it. I, like it. I could start an event and, and go to different gyms and get everybody training together, I would have more people to work with. Not that I didn't enjoy beating up six-foot men, <laughs> um, it just wasn't giving me the look that I needed to prepare for reasonable competition. Now, granted, a lot of my, well, all of my opponents are bigger than me. Everybody's bigger than me, um, except for horse jockeys and lawn gnomes. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, but so training with other females, I, it helped me be more prepared for that competition. Uh, my first fight uh, went through three opponents. So the first opponent, I believe it was Lightning Strikes. It was mm. Don's card. Right. And she broke her thumb or her finger. She was at a Wilmington. So she backed out. And then the next opponent had trouble cutting down to the weight that we agreed on, which, truth be told, I've always had trouble cutting weight. Um, it's just something that's been instilled in me by my coaches, uh, particularly John Allen. You know, you agree upon that weight, that's the weight you get to. Right. And there's no getting around that. You're going to get to it whether you're struggling and suffering, which came into play in my next fight. Um, so, so it's I,
1: not just your name on the line; it's theirs as well. well your coach,
0: for sure, right. for sure. And I and I don't think they're, you know, you see a lot about that in fights uh, on the local level and the national level. People missing weight in a big way. Um, it's disrespectful, unprofessional, Absolutely. hands down. So um, that opponent backed out, and she became a very good friend of mine, um, and we, we've trained together, and she's a excellent training partner and a good friend. Um, but so with her being unable to cut and she did try um, she made a a valiant effort but she's bigger than me as is most people and had a hard time getting the weight down Um, so we ended up with an opponent who was much younger than me and more experienced and the proof was in the way the fight went Um, I was very proud of myself I stood up all three rounds, uh, could not be knocked down, and she beat the brakes off me for three rounds. Um, and I did the rookie move where when I did land a hit, I was so excited that I landed the hit that I was like, look at what I did. Oh, wait, now she's hitting one? me again. Yeah. Yes, uh, I did that twice. And, you know, it was worth admiring. I just should have kept going. Um, and then the second uh, fight, also on Don's fight card, um, I had a nasty weight cut because, again, same coaches that are like, you're going to make weight. And uh, I did my very best to make the weight. I had trouble cutting. I went into the sauna before I even talked to my coaches that morning. And I was like, I'm not even going to tell anybody that I can't make weight yet. I'm just going to suffer in silence and hope that I get there before they even ask. That didn't happen. Um, Went into the gym early, wore, um, I believe, and I'm sure when John hears this, he'll correct me. I think it was OSP's uh, sweatsuit. I got to wear that and... John's ghee and John's a big boy. That ghee is heavy, uh, and I and I shadow boxed <laughs> for several rounds like that. I looked ridiculous. There's actually photographic evidence of me laying on the ground in between rounds and that, and and John putting a towel on me to soak up the moisture. I
1: feel like we may see
0: that again at some point. It it'll probably resurface. <laughs> it's there somewhere, and, uh, and that was just the beginning of it because yeah. once I got to the venue, uh, I still wasn't on weight. And I uh, had to go to the sauna, the YMCA, crossing the armory. And I'm... the lady must have seen how depleted I looked because she didn't even charge me to go in there. She's like, oh, just go ahead. And yeah. so I'm in there in a sauna, and the, it's the size of, like, a picnic table. And there are these older ladies in there, no clothes. Nice. And I mean, I'm already suffering at this <laughs> point, and so well, nice. I'm sitting... <laughs> In the corner of the sauna, just really trying to stay away from everybody with my driver's license, scraping the sweat off of my arms and just hoping that I make weight, watching the clock, because John said, you know, two minutes, sit in there, come out, weigh yourself. And, uh, I mean, that really just added insult to injury. These ladies are, you know, like cackling hens and yucking it up, and I'm over here suffering, scraping <laughs> the sweat off my arms. Um, needless to say, I did eventually make weight. Um, it was all we could do to get me rehydrated you know it was past weigh-ins at that point and they still allowed the fight to go on which i appreciated and uh he had me running sprints in the parking deck trying to get um everything in my bloodstream and get rehydrated it was a it was a tough day for me sure but moral of the story make weight at all costs that's what you do but since then that's the right way. I've, uh, I've become an instructor. I taught kids jiu-jitsu, kids kickboxing. I've taught adult classes, beginner, advanced cardio kickboxing. And uh, I just love the way that people get excited when they learn, especially people who don't have a martial arts background. And you know, once they put that hand on the bag, boom, and they feel great. They feel empowered. And same thing with kids, like teaching them um... to stand up for themselves you know how to carry themselves so they don't get bullied giving them confidence that's part of why i enjoy teaching so much and i know that you know with you being an instructor you have a similar background you've been doing it longer than i have um... but you're teaching here at apex now
1: Right. before that uh, i have been in a couple of different gyms it's interesting this area used to be a really small community the martial arts community And we, in some ways, you know, my coach knows this coach. These guys train together. It's a a tree of, you know, a certain amount of people back in the day that that did it and kind of grew from there kind of deal. And now there seems to be a gym every, you know, on every corner, and there's all these different people that are in the area that are teaching and all these different things. But the way that I see it, it's still a small community. There's just a lot more people. There were gyms that I worked in in the past. Uh, I had an opportunity one time where a person came to me and said, hey, I want you to help me build a gym and gave me pretty much an open checkbook. What did I need? That was a fantastic opportunity. Uh, I had a chance to build a program, bring in friends as instructors and people that I knew and had trained with over the years. I had a chance to set up bags a certain way that I wanted had a cage had a boxing ring all these different things it was a great experience from from that standpoint so I've had a chance to be involved in the business aspect i you know owned my own small gym before ran gyms uh, at this point I'm I, I enjoy being able to come in and teach one or two classes a week and go home when they ask me questions about well, how much does this cost or what is this or that I say I'm here to teach I'm here for this hour, and, and I'm here to help you any way I can. Those other questions can go to the gym owner, and that's fantastic because I've got two boys at home, a wife and a job outside, and I'm trying to juggle all these different things, but I love it. I can't get rid of it. I don't compete anymore, really, although I may sneak out and do something here and there, uh, but I love teaching. I love getting getting folks to understand and, and, and get that feeling like you were talking about when you, when you finally figure that kick out. When you finally figure how your hips supposed to turn on a switch kick or really put the power behind that push kick or teep or whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it clicks with them and, and watching them get excited about it. And I, I like it when people come up to me after class. You know, some instructors put their time in and they're out. But me, if I have a person that comes up and is saying, I'm having an issue with this, I love telling them teaching them, helping them get to that next place or whatever. I enjoy that. I still do and I don't see that going away. So that's one of the reasons why I've been in it for a while. I've got a certain amount of experience. I've trained in several different styles. I've got several belts along the way and all that kind of jazz. But at the end of the day, I enjoy taking that information and giving it to somebody who's going to take it and go further
0: yeah and a lot of what my well you know my coach ted um tell me as an instructor you continue to learn when somebody asks you a question well you know why do you turn your punch over this way why do you move this way or what does this do all of a sudden you have to break it down in your head and say well why do i do that Um, and i'll see still the most seasoned coaches do the same thing all right well glad you asked that question let's figure it out together and you don't stop learning just because you're an instructor. I, I feel like I learn more because I have to reverse engineer it and say, alright, this is where, where we got to, how do we get there? Why does it work this way? And, and you have to put a little more thought into it as opposed to, you know, hundred kicks on the bag. Right. Easy peasy. When you have to start thinking about it and being able to articulate to your students, this is why we do what we do. Right. I think it takes on, it's just a, a higher level of learning.
1: Yeah that makes sense the way that I learned doesn't work for everybody but what I have learned is you're constantly changing or trying to be more efficient what I've seen is I I wouldn't teach someone brand new today how I did five ten years ago right so each time you work the more people that I work with the more um, that I learn I try to cut that learning curve down and I do feel like as a whole uh, the the kind of the martial arts in this area and the and the instruction and all that is more efficient maybe than it's been there were times where I remember you know uh, the best way to learn to keep your hands up is to get punched in the face when you drop your hands
0: yep that's how you learn it's
1: 2022 we're in the uh, heart of RTP and eh, we may have people in class that aren't looking to be a fighter, right? Maybe, maybe it's a soccer mom or maybe it's uh, the the leader of the PTA, whatever, right? I don't get a chance. I I try not to use the same methods that um, with with them as I would a guy that I'm going to take to a fight next weekend and expect X, Y and Z, right? So you kind of got to learn to be flexible and that but you still want to teach the same principles. So you just have to be creative and What's the best way to do this? So I can grab a pool noodle instead of a, a glove. You know, you tap them on the head. That's, that's, you know, that gets the point across sometimes.
0: I had a coach use a uh, PVC pipe and nice. put a glove at the end nice. and then tape the glove. Yep. And so it was a similar look, right, because yep. the glove's coming at you, but less intimidating. I mean, pool noodles are not intimidating <laughs> unless <laughs> one of your coaches is swinging that at you. I don't enjoy it. I don't try to get hit with it, but the, the glove made it a little more realistic. Yep. yep. Um, as a student, one of the things that I learned very early on is that most of your instructors have a different style. Mm-hmm. Everybody's come up differently, and what works for, that, particularly being a Southpaw, mm-hmm. I've worked with mostly Orthodox instructors, so uh, not only am I making them work, but I also have to figure out what works for me. So while some instructors know how to train a Southpaw, some instructors just take Orthodox and switch it. Um, I take what works for me and add it to my toolbox. And not everything that every instructor teaches is for me, but I'll try it, I'll drill it. Obviously you know, you're going to get along gang when you're in class, you do what your instructor tells you to, but you pick what works for you. And I think that's what's made my, my fight style very diverse. Uh, Ted teaches a lot of movement, footwork, head movement. That's not something you're going to see in traditional Thai but traditional Thai, you've got some nasty teeps. And so when you put these things together, or Robbie Adams with his axe kick, like you start piecemealing these things together and you develop your own style, and then that becomes the way that you train. And I think as things get passed on, you know, generationally, it becomes more efficient and it, it evolves. Hopefully you've learned a good bit about us in this episode and why we love the North Carolina fight community so much and why we want to bring you this podcast.
1: We're really excited to be doing this and excited to have you along for the ride with us. One of the things that, that, uh, we're looking for is communication. We have an email address that we'd like for you to send us comments. Maybe you have a coach that you're, you're interested in learning more about or, or another, uh person in the area that that you've heard about but you just don't really know uh if they're on our list or not we've got a long list that we're excited to get through but feel free to contact us
0: we can always add more and uh the email address is carolina fight corner at gmail.com and then you can also follow us on social media keep up with when episodes drop any other fun things that chris and i come up with because we are fun <laughs> that's right um <laughs> we're telling you that hopefully you'll find out for yourself, but um, I'm just trying to endorse Chris as being fun. We're working on it. Um, But you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It's Carolina fight corner, all one word. Well, thank you for
1: listening to our podcast And until next time.
0: Keep training.